0: Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of The Pats Cast. As always, I'm your host Steven Newman, and today I will be discussing the Patriots upset win over the Arizona Cardinals on Sunday uh, by a score of 20 to 17. I'll really walk through uh how players at, at each uh, per- position group performed as I often do. Try and keep it a little more brief than I often do, just because I'd like to speed these things up a little bit. Uh, also want to give a quick sneak preview, if I can, of the Patriots' next game as well. And also get into some uh, o- overall uh, observations that I-, I have, really, on the Patriots. Uh, not game-specific, just... Things that I'm seeing, uh, where they uh, stack up in the, in the grand scheme of things a bit. So I want to get into that as well. But uh, first up, uh, discussing Sunday's game. Uh, now Sunday was actually a little hectic for me because uh, right around watching the game and uh, in large part after watching the game, Uh, I realized that actually my my blog site is having some technical difficulties, and it was a whole headache for me getting in touch with uh, tech support and uh, really hammering down what the issue was getting that fixed. So it's a lot of work that I had to do to, to bring you the content that I'm bringing you about this game uh nonetheless uh, that's uh, i'm i'm not here for anyone to throw a pity party for me want to get into the game, just uh, let you know kind of what's what's going on with me though but as for the game uh both offenses to be quite frank uh, really struggled, and I actually teased at uh, that potentially happening in my last podcast episode uh, for for Kyler Murray. Again, I, I teased at it in my last episode. I, I don't know how many people were actually able to listen to it, uh, simply because of again the technical difficulties I was having. I apologize for that. Uh, nonetheless, um, he—I uh, f- mean, he—he—he he, he threw as as frequently, I guess, as normal, uh, just about anyway. And did have a high completion percentage, but he wasn't throwing the ball downfield as much as he normally would. Uh, now, some of that is simply because the Patriots' secondary is pretty solid, but it also hasn't played great this season. So it, it I honestly thought that, while Kyler wouldn't have his best week uh, throwing the ball, uh, I mean, he could still be successful, and he largely wasn't. Uh, so that's... Uh, it's somewhat uh, related to the shoulder injury, I think, uh, that, he, that he's that he been suffering from uh, over the last week and a half or so. That uh, Again, I think could linger a little bit. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, the, the Patriots either took advantage of it or just played really well. Uh, one way or another, they, they were on the better end. Kyler only threw for 170 yards, no touchdowns, one interception. And for that matter, he actually didn't run uh, super effectively either. Five carries for thirty-one yards. Uh, so, tip your cap to the Patriots secondary for sure. Uh, J.C. Jackson and Stephon Gilmore in particular, who um, held the receivers there up against uh, to five catches on ten targ- on yeah five catches on ten targets, I believe for less than 40 yards combined. No touchdowns, obviously. Um, I mean, that's really good, uh, especially considering that one of those receivers is DeAndre Hopkins. Now, DeAndre Hopkins at times just got open over the middle of the field in, like, zone coverage-type situations where uh, the the numbers don't necessarily go um, to... Gilmore, who was the primary guy covering him, just because at that point he wasn't covering him. Uh, He was passed off to somebody else. But nonetheless, a very, very strong performance for the Patriots' top two cornerbacks in particular. Uh, Adrian Phillips actually also came up with an interception in this game as well. Granted, he's, he's more or less a linebacker now. But, I mean, he's officially a safety, so I can talk about him with the uh, defensive backs, I suppose. Uh, overall, just uh, kind of going through who was on the field really quickly. Uh, obviously, Devin McCordy and Stefan Gilmore were on it a lot. J.C. Jackson actually wasn't the entire game. Uh, he was off the field for 12 snaps, actually. Uh... Not a ton of play for Jason McCourty or Jonathan Jones. More so Jones than McCourty. Jones was on the field, I should say, more than McCourty. But they're both um, at around 50% over-under by um, a couple snaps. A little surprising, though, that they were off the field as much as they were, I guess. Because there wasn't an injury attached to that. Uh, it actually led to some extra snaps for Miles Bryant in the slot, who I haven't discussed a ton, but he actually has been playing a little bit. Uh, he was on the field for thirteen snaps, out of seventy four that the defense was on the field for. So they were just on the field a lot too, but Miles Bryant definitely played a significant role for the defense. Uh, at safety, obviously Devin McCourty. Kyle Duggar was on the field for about three-quarters of snaps. He's been on the field a lot lately. He's on the field slightly more than Adrian Phillips, actually. Um, And beyond that, I mean, those were pretty much the safeties, though. Uh, Terrence Brooks only for two snaps. Uh, Kyle Duggar continues to play really well. Um... Yeah, I don't even know what else to say about that. It didn't necessarily show up in the stats. He only had four tackles, but it was one of those games where he was tasked with essentially containing Kyler Murray, which doesn't necessarily mean bringing him to the ground. It just means keeping him in the pocket and unable to extend plays like he wants to, which is really a tougher task than making tackles, in my opinion. Uh, the uh, uh, general task of making tackles. Um. So, uh, yeah, big game for him, uh, for sure. Uh, Phillips similarly, and again, also had the interception. Um. Yeah, it's a really good game for the secondary. actually a really good game for the linebackers too. Uh, obviously Phillips kind of being a part of that. Uh, Therese Hall had seven tackles. Uh, and again, he's never on the field a ton. Less than half of snaps, he was on the field. Jawan Bentley was the lead linebacker, which, although I said it didn't need to happen and it might not be a good matchup for him, uh, he actually had uh, 13 tackles and was really disruptive, actually, towards the Cardinals' running game. Uh, Is was a, a lot better than I thought he might fare uh but uh for the most part he looked really good it was a little surprising to me um obviously you don't get you didn't get a lot out of other linebackers cuz frankly uh, when do you ever uh Josh Uche though should note uh made an impact for sure he was there were there were a couple standout plays from him actually that I saw that uh again kind of keeping outside contained and and keeping Kyler Murray in the pocket those types of things so they don't they don't look flashy but it's one of those things where if if you really if you understand what um the defense needed to do to to keep Murray from just being Kyler Murray if in if you know what i mean like just being being able to extend plays as much as he wants or just running like crazy, you, you may be a pocket passer, That those types of things. Uh, Josh Uche on a couple of occasions forced that, did have a quarterback hit as well. Uh, Anthony Jennings was on the field a little bit too, uh, a little bit more than he had been recently, not that that's a ton, uh, didn't make a huge impact to my eye, but... I mean, he's out there, and he wasn't giving up anything major, so good experience for him, too, even if he didn't jump off the screen. Uh, Chase Winovich, uh, I wouldn't necessarily say he jumped off the screen either. Obviously, he's on the field a lot, uh, could start there, um, more than any other defensive lineman, actually, which good to see. It's been continuing over the last few weeks now. Uh, That's what you want. And I mean, which I suggested needed to be the case this week in particular, again, because of his overall athleticism and ability to, once again, contain Kyler Murray. Uh, You're sensing a theme here. You needed a a lot of quick guys out on the field to to stop him. And it it did work. Uh, Binovich had... 5 tackles uh as well as a sack um yeah he was it wasn't the flashiest game in the world for him but i mean he he definitely did his job uh John Simon on the other edge as well was on the field about as much as Winovich. four tackles again nothing super flashy uh just played really well Dietrich Wise same deal same number of tackles as well four um The guys on defense, though, that really were really impressive were Adam Butler and Lawrence Guy. Each had five tackles. Uh, Butler also had a sack, two tackles for loss, a pass breakup, and three quarterback hits. Guy didn't load up the stat sheet quite as much, but he was just about as impactful, uh, whether it was in the running game, rushing Kyler Murray a little bit. Uh, They played really well. Uh, granted that I've said it, the Cardinals offensive line and maybe particularly the interior of the offensive line guards and center, it's not great. Um, it's, it's below average, frankly, in my opinion, but I mean, <laughs> they, they did what they needed to do against those guys. When you've got inferior competition, you make it look inferior and they did, uh, more so than arguably that at any point this season they've done that. Uh yeah, really, really good game for both of them. Probably the best game Butler in particular has had all season, and maybe I I've seen people argue that it's the best he's played in his entire career. Uh he was uh constantly either uh pushing back the offensive line in the backfield, and there was even a play where they disguised a rush with him and actually dropped him into coverage, and he actually looked pretty good. Um it's you don't expect that from a guy as as big as he is, but he didn't look bad. Uh, so really impressive for both of them and Butler in particular. Uh Akeem Spence, who was promoted or elevated, I should say, off the practice squad, not technically promoted, uh, but he was active as a practice squad player. Also had four tackles. Uh, There was one in particular where, and it was huge in the momentum of the game, where he, the Cardinals had the ball at essentially the goal line. Uh, They had two or three runs right up near the goal line for uh, Kenyon Drake, and on the fourth down play is the one I'm referring to, Spence stuffed him right at the line. Uh, at that point, had they scored the touchdown, uh, you'd have been talking about um, a two-score lead for them. Uh, it was right before the half as well, um, and they'd be getting the ball again to start the second half. Uh, you You'd be bordering on the game becoming um, insurmountable for the Patriots. So to get that stop was huge, absolutely huge, and it was actually his birthday as well. So uh, happy birthday. Uh, he, he gave the Patriots the present, though. Um, yeah, that was a, a absolutely ginormous play for him. Um Bentley was actually in on that tackle as well, if I recall. Uh, but Spence was the guy that um, initially sealed the hole. Um, yeah, and yeah, that really wraps up. Actually, Isaiah Mack did play uh, ten snaps at well as well at defensive tackle. Didn't necessarily have the same impact, but at the end of the day, uh, uh, for a fourth defensive tackle. Uh, he played well. Like You're not going to complain about what was going on on the field when he was out there, which for that deep of a, a backup, really, is all you're ever going to ask for. Um, so that's certainly all positive. Uh, moving to the offense. Um, so... Obviously the the offensive line once again um, was solid. I, it wasn't dominant in any way. Uh, they did give up three sacks as well, uh, one a piece to um, Devondre Campbell, Isaiah Simmons, and Trevon Coley. Uh, yeah, and I said I'd said leading up to this as well that the the Cardinals just do a really good job at des- at disguising their, their blitzes. Uh, part of it was that. Uh, part of it, though, also was, um, it wasn't entirely the offensive line. There was once, I think twice, actually, that uh, James White, not that I'm on running backs yet, but James White uh, missed an assignment, really, as a blocker, and forced either more pressure than there should have been, or in one case, a sack. Um so that's that's really how it played out for the the blocking up front. Uh, the offensive line was pretty much fine though, um, and it was uh, mostly the the regulars. Obviously, you had Tooney at left guard, David Andrews at center. Uh, Mason at right guard, Owenu at right tackle. The only change was at left tackle because, again, Isaiah Wynn was out and is actually on injured reserve now. I don't recall if I said that in my last episode or not, but even if I did, I don't think many people heard it. So Isaiah Wynn's on IR. Um, And to uh, fill that void, it was predominantly Jermaine Illuminor at left tackle um about three quarters of snaps. The rest went to Justin Huron, who the Patriots brought off IR for this game. Um I'm generally higher on Haran particularly at left tackle. Illuminore to me is kind of a, a right tackle slash guard. Uh, they're kind of those those spots are kind of one and the same to me. It it kind of takes a different guy, in my opinion, to take to play left tackle. And while Haran has a little bit of of guard leg traits in him too, he seemed to be better at left tackle than Illuminor. Um, not that Illuminor was bad. Uh, he he filled in pretty admirably, all things considered, but. I prefer on there if if I can have it my way. Nonetheless, they played pretty well and the rest of the offensive line, obviously, um they never give up much of anything at all. And that held true again uh this week. Um uh, we'll go to the running backs. So they didn't generate a whole lot. Um it, Damian Harris. It was a mixed bag, really. He wound up with forty seven yards on fourteen carries. Uh there was some there were some good runs in there. There are also a couple pretty ugly ones. Although one in particular where he lost like seven or eight yards was really on the offensive line, but I think also a wide receiver that just missed a block and kind of. Uh, closed the gap before it was ever there like when you have that big a loss it's generally not at least entirely on the running back but yeah it wasn't one of his better games as my main point here um it was a really good game for James White you wouldn't see it in terms of yards he only had 18 yards on five carries and had one catch for a loss of a yard did have two touchdowns though and yeah, those, those two runs in particular were executed well, obviously, but also just drawn up really well by Josh McDaniels, which is typically the case when James White runs the ball, because I mean, he's not the most, uh, natural runner of the ball. Like he's not, he doesn't have the build of your typical running back. Really? He's, he's smaller, uh, you you don't really want him absorbing the hits that other running backs take either. So you have to draw up like a, a speed option type of um, outside run or um, you got to block it up pretty well to uh, get him a pretty decent hole just so he's not taking unnecessary blows. Um, but no, those those plays were definitely drawn up really well. And I don't want to take anything away from James White either because he ran well, particularly on those two plays. Um even if the stat sheet doesn't entirely show how well he ran. Um, the only other running back, uh, obviously with J.J. Taylor inactive for this game, as he's been much for much of the season, but the only other running back was Sony Michelle. I thought he had a carry. I, now that I think about it, I think it was called back because of a penalty. Uh, but... Yeah, he was only on the field for one snap, which is kind of shocking to me. Um, Now, I I obviously expected he would be behind Damian Harris, who had a team-high 34 snaps out of 53 that the offense had. Uh, I I was expecting Harris to stay the top power running back. Um, And it doesn't even surprise me that much that James White was second 20 snaps. Uh, But the split between uh, the top two and him, I thought would be closer. Uh, Obviously, uh, not all that close, but I still thought Michelle would be on the field for at least like 10 snaps, and that just didn't happen. Um, So, we'll obviously see how that progresses as the season uh, moves forward, I I can't imagine it repeats because, I mean, this was his first game back after an extended absence, so they did probably want to ease him in a bit. Uh, one snap is taking easing him in to an extreme, though. So I, I, I don't really expect that to stay that way. Uh, should give a shout-out while I'm on running backs. Not that he's officially a running back, but to fullback Jakob Johnson as... Well, um, he I mean he didn't get any touches, carries, or receptions, or even a target in the passing game, but he was on the field for what sixty four percent of snaps, which is about as much as he ever is, and that that really just um, points to the fact that the Patriots wanted to uh, establish a power running game. Which obviously didn't entirely happen, but he's on the field a lot. I wouldn't really blame him for the lack of a running game, really. Um, Yeah, you just gotta give a fullback love. I I do like I do love me some fullbacks. Um, Tight end is really just just Ryan Izzo was on the field for all but two snaps. he was not targeted in the passing game and it didn't stand out to me as a blocker either so do with that what you will um it was a pretty uh, nondescript game for him other than being on the field a lot and that's pretty much how it goes for Ryan Izzo for the most part uh at some point I got to imagine they start getting Jordan Thomas involved on offense to To spell Izzo a bit. And at some point, too, I would imagine that Devin Asiasi and Dalton Keane are coming off IR. Uh, I know Asiasi is eligible to come off. I'm not positive if Keene is yet, but he's got to be close. Uh, it's been at least a couple of weeks. But, yeah, we'll see with tight end. Wide receiver, I mean, it, it it's pretty much... It's it's pretty predictable at this point. Uh, you're going to have Jacoby Myers leading in receptions, Demir Bird as the number two, and after that, I mean, you're not really going to get much of anything. So in this game, Jacoby Myers had five catches for 52 yards, Demir Bird three catches for 33 and no one else had a reception except for the one that James White had. Uh, Nikhil Harry was targeted three times. At least one of them was a drop. Uh, arguably two, although I think it was just a pass breakup for, I don't recall, who was on him on the play. Could have been Drake or Patrick, but I don't remember off the top of my head. Um, uh, But... Yeah, Keel Harry didn't really provide a whole lot. Uh even a mixed bag as a blocker, too. Uh, not a great game for him. Gunnar Olszewski had a carry as well for a yard. And Harry, in fact, had one as well for a loss of two. Uh, they really got to figure out what they're doing with that third wide receiver spot. Uh, it's, I mean, I don't think it's Olszewski... And it's not really even looking like it's Nikhil Harry either. Uh, Just in terms of snap count, uh, just to uh, further hit home, uh, Myers was on the field for 50 of the offense's 53 snaps. Demir Bird for 45. Nikhil Harry for 26, which was just under half. And Olszewski was on for one when he got the carry. And Dante Moncrief was on the field for one. Dante Moncrief is someone I'm going to revisit, actually. And if you watch the game, you know why. But I also wouldn't mind getting him more involved as a wide receiver. Now, I know he's a practice squad guy, so he's reverting back to the practice squad after this game. In fact, it's already happened. They've sent him back. Um. First of all, I think he's a guy that should be added to the active roster going forward. But also, I think he he could get involved on offense. But like I said, I'll get back to him, and there's a very specific reason why I want to do that. Um, But that's really how it is with the wide receivers, though. They had eight catches, five for Myers, three for Bird, none for anybody else. Uh, They'll get Isaiah Ford integrated at some point, but from what I've heard, they want him to uh, make – some sort of impression as a special teams contributor not necessarily as a core special teams guy and have that just be his role but I want him to be able to do something on special teams because if he's not a top two wide receiver and there's nothing setting him apart in their eyes from Nikhil Harry as a receiver then there's really no reason to have him active I guess I don't agree with that logic, but that seems to be their logic. Um, So that's going to stay the way it is until he does something on special teams in practice, seems like. Uh, Go to Cam Newton. I am very mixed on what to think of Cam Newton, just broadly. Uh, In this game... And I mean, some of it is just because the, the the defense put a little bit of heat on him, to some degree. Some of it's that the receivers aren't great, although I really, frankly, don't agree with uh, how far down, the, um, how, how down a lot of people are on the Patriots receivers. They're better than they were last year. I know a lot of the bodies are the same. They're not all the same. Jacoby Myers is absolutely improved. Demir Bird is better than Philip Dorsett. Uh, those are the main two targets. They didn't have a tight end last year either. That's nothing new. Uh, it's, it, even if it isn't significantly better, it's better. Uh, so, yeah, it is what it is. I'll rant about that a little later. I want to I get to the point with Cam Newton first. So he was 9 of 18 for 84 yards. Uh, it's under 5 yards per attempt. No touchdowns. Two interceptions, was sacked three times. He did have nine carries for 46 yards, so I I won't ignore that. He he did make an impact as a runner, did not make an impact as a passer. It was actually statistically pretty terrible as a passer. Now, you can debate whether he actually played terribly um, as a passer, but statistically speaking, it was ugly. Uh, His QBR... Uh, was 6.6 which is uh, very low and his passer rating was 23.6 also very low. Um it seems like it, it's just a, a seesaw with him. He'll have a good game, bad game, good game, bad game. He was playing a little better lately. Uh was actually really starting to work his way into my good graces. Uh, I I was starting to to sing his praises a little bit, uh, not as an elite quarterback per se, but as someone who is uh, certainly reliable, uh, someone the leader of the offense, and someone that I honestly thought they should try to bring back next season. And then he has a game like this, and I mean I'm left to wonder. Should I change my mind on that? Should I, should I flip back to him just being a stopgap one-year guy before they draft a new one in the first round or second round, something like that? And, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I would, I don't know. I, I, like, I'd understand if they brought him back. I'm not necessarily against it. It's just, he's just been really inconsistent uh, and I know that the pieces around him aren't amazing, but again, I think they're better than they get credit for. Um, and I actually want to pull up, while I'm thinking about it, uh, somebody uh, tweeted at me about this during the game when I made a comment uh so just as background, what I said was that I understand that Cam Newton hasn't been some kind of catastrophic problem, but the segment of analytics Twitter that worships him confuses me. He hasn't played, in quotes, well. Somebody re- replies saying he doesn't have anything to work with, and I've kind of illustrated how, how I think that's kind of a lie, but I said that I don't think his supporting Cass as bad as a lot of people do. And Cam doesn't frequently pass the eye test either. Like, it just, it doesn't look right. His throwing motion is kind of weird. I mean, his footwork at times is really bad, actually. Um, Not always, but there are moments when it makes you cringe. Uh, His arm strength is not where it used to be either. Um, I mean, you can pull up stats and tell me that I mean, he's, he's been, he's throwing catchable passes. I I'm, I don't see it uh, every once in a while. Yeah. But, and some of it too, is just because receivers are running wide open because I don't think the Patriots are going to throw the ball because Cam Newton hasn't looked great as a passer. The receivers generally don't get separation. Occasionally you'll just catch someone napping and they're usually trying to run the ball. So like, I don't think it's rocket science that sometimes guys are going to get open and he's sometimes going to throw a catchable pass because a guy is wide open like that to me there's it's kind of common sense but anyway so this guy then replies to what i said um saying how did brady look with that team or how did brady look with that team and cam had players had eight players uh this is worded bad, but essentially that that uh Brady, how'd Brady look with the team, and also that they had eight starters or eight players, including starters on defense, i guess opt out prior to the season first of all the the players on defense opting out is com- completely irrelevant to the argument there wasn't much that opted out. On offense either, like the only receiver was Marquise Lee and Marquise Lee may not have even made the team uh entering the the season anyway uh so that's that's completely negligible to me uh nonetheless I, that wasn't my point at all, and I said that i f- fe- and I did like it's true I felt the same way about Brady last year when he wasn't performing well with a similar cast of wide receivers, I wasn't high on him. I was perfectly fine from a pure football perspective with letting Tom Brady go. Uh, obviously, there was sentimental uh, value to keeping him, but, I mean, he wasn't playing that well. Like, he was an average starting quarterback. Like, that's that's pretty much how I feel about Cam. So, yeah, it, like, it's not me holding Cam to a different standard was really my point and like i said that i think birds also an upgrade over philip dorset who they had last year. Myers has improved. It doesn't make a huge difference in terms of wide receiver quality, but it's something. And that's something that i think patriots fans across the board are really ignoring. Uh like the the idea that this wide receiver group is the same as last year's just is uh, first of all factually incorrect. And second, I mean, somewhat common sense tells you that if you have the same guys for a second season, they're probably at least incrementally improving just because it's their second year there. They're just developing, like, and it's not always true, but I mean, I feel like in this case, it's fairly evident that that is true. So I I I don't understand why people choose to just ignore that. Um, I went from Cam Newton not playing great to this tangent about the Patriots wide receivers. I didn't mean to do that, but um, yeah, that's just how I feel though. And I I wanted to give my uncensored opinion on it at this point because it's getting to be a little much in my opinion. Uh, But that's that do want to get to special teams I know I did that last week as well. I often don't. this week in particular, the special teams uh, the special teams in my opinion honestly won the Patriots this game uh, because as I kind of walked through while well, the defense played pretty well, the offense didn't do much of anything uh, and really how they' were getting field position was one, the defense playing pretty well but also just the special team setting them up really well i uh, 'll well, start with kicker Nick Folk made both of his field goal attempts and both his extra points as a matter of fact, he had a game winning fifty yard field goal uh The game was tied at seventeen apiece uh the winning seconds of the game hit the fifty yarder ball game. Patriots are now five and six uh but no he's honestly kicking really well uh he hasn't missed much of any kicks this season. And he's on a streak of I'm trying to think like fifteen, uh, maybe even more straight kicks that he's made. He he's brought stability to the kicker position for the Patriots, which is something that they needed uh, after last season. He he's been good. Like there's that's it's really my point here. But um, and I guess just to contrast as well with the, the Cardinals kicker who missed a field goal. I mean, it's the difference in the game. Uh, Jake Bailey. Jake Bailey's really good almost every week. And this week uh, was certainly not an exception. Um, he punted the ball three times for 169 yards. It's an average of pretty close to 60 yards per punt, which is insane like the the most uh, 95 percent of punters in the league don't touch that number it's he's 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 become really good I've I think I've said it in a past episode but he's he has to be one of the top couple punters in the league like I don't he, he granted a lot of punters just don't get recognition very few do Uh, But even if you saw, it's like a week, maybe two weeks ago, the Rams played on, I believe, Monday Night Football. It was a night game for sure. I think it was Monday Night Football. Uh, So the Rams punter Johnny Hecker, and yes, he was having a really good game for a punter, uh, but the ESPN's crew was hyping him up like he was the MVP of the game. He was like all they were paying attention to, and... Honestly, it, it didn't look better than Jake Bailey. I, I, I don't, I, there's a disconnect that I don't entirely understand. Uh, but my point here really is just that Jake Bailey is playing extremely well. And this game was easily one of his best games of the season. And his career for that matter. Um, go to kick returners, kick returns, uh, Dante Moncrief. I got to be honest, I, I've been a big fan of Dante Moncrief. Uh, like He's been around for a handful of years now and generally been either below average, uh, if not a bust. Um, but I've always been a fan of the talent. I didn't think that his role, the role where it would show, would be as a kicker turner. Uh, but he had a 53-yard kicker turn on Sunday. Um it's I mean it was the the kind of electric that you have not seen from the Patriots this season. Um yeah, it was it was something and even Gunnar Olszewski, who I've been pretty hard on, uh looked really good in the punt return game as well. Uh had two returns for 67 total yards and there was one run in particular that would have been a touchdown, but they called Anthony Jennings on. I I think the call during the game was an illegal blindside block. Um, I I don't know that that was necessarily the right call. It was really more along the lines of just an illegal, um, like launching at the defender, really, um it It was uh, I guess ticky tacky it could have kind of gone either way. I don't know that it necessarily had to be called technically speaking, I think it was correct that it was called, but it's one of those rules where it's kind of like why is this a rule it it like it just looked like a football play like if you go back even five years, that's not getting called. The Patriots just got a touchdown um. Apparently, that, that rule is just being taught at from a pretty young age now and all the way up the system, uh, high school, college, all the way up to the pros. But, yeah, it's one of those things that just looks like a football play, but technically is illegal. Uh, nonetheless, Gunnar Olszewski looked really good in addition to Moncrief. Um, yeah, it, it gave the Patriots some short fields to work with. And with the offense not really humming on all cylinders in this game. It's what they needed. And it got them a win against a really good team. Um, so like I said, the Patriots are now 5-6. and six. Um, That obviously gets them right back um, in a position to get back to 500, which they haven't been in a while now. Um, it puts them two games out again of a wild card spot. Uh, the wild cards, uh, at least the the bottom two wild cards, the sixth and seventh seeds are um, well, they're seven and four, and right now it's the Dolphins and the Colts. Um, obviously the Patriots still play the Dolphins yet uh, down the road. So they, while they don't control their own destiny, they, they can, um, they have a chance to, to close some ground without really entirely asking for help from other teams. They can make up one of those games on their own. And on top of that, actually, at that point, they would have beaten the Dolphins both times. So they would have the tiebreaker. They would only need uh, one more game, really, to break their way to climb ahead of at least the Dolphins. Um, they certainly don't seal their fate in terms of other teams, but uh, they they can move the needle on their own against the Dolphins, at least. Um, but yeah, I mean they're they're not at the near the bottom of the conference anymore. Um, I was going to say at the bottom, but you can't be at the bottom in the AFC unless you're really bad. Uh, I mean, you've got the Jets that are now 0-11, the Jaguars that are 1-10, the Bengals are 2-8-1, and and they don't even have Joe Burrow anymore, so they might not win another game. And then there is the team that the Patriots play this upcoming week. The Chargers, who are three and eight, um, that's not uh, entirely symbolic of how I feel about the Chargers. I-, I think the Chargers have the potential, at least, to be an up and coming team. It sounds a little weird because they're not that young of a team, but their quarterback is, so. They they definitely have room to get better. Um, not that Herbert hasn't played well, because he's actually played extremely well. But he's going to be around for a long time. Um, and uh, depending on, on how much Justin Herbert you've seen, you, you might not know a lot about him. And actually some background as well, coming out of Oregon and even... Actually, before he even came out of Oregon dating all the way back to his i guess his junior season the the year before his last season when he then came out into the n f l draft I was really high on him um he was really good that year his his last year of college he he i don't want to say he took a dip um it was almost just that. The offense's play calling just wasn't good. Like it, it, it set him up to just uh, not have elite tape that teams uh, seek out during the draft process. So it, it hurt his stock a little bit. Um, but yeah, no, I stayed pretty high on him. Um, he was, I had him really. I I viewed him really in the same breath as Joe Burrow, who I mentioned previously, and Tua Tunk of uh, And it's really, just in terms of where he was drafted, he was taken one slot behind Tua, but a lot of people weren't entirely on board with that. I mean, obviously understanding that the Chargers needed a quarterback, but uh, he was a clear step below those top two guys. I didn't see it that way. And I actually thought there was a decent argument to take Herbert before Tua. Uh, he's a guy I've really liked, and he has lit the league on fire. He's definitely played better than Tua, granted Tua's sample size is a little small, and really, he's played better than Burrow had been prior to the injury that he suffered just over a week ago. Now, um, he's going to win Rookie of the Year. I don't think there's any any way around that at this point. Um. Yeah, the the kid has been really, really impressive. Uh, he's got that offense playing really well. Uh. Yeah, like he's he's playing, frankly, um, a lot like uh, prime Phillip Rivers. It's actually a debate I had with a buddy. I was like, is it, is it crazy that I feel like Herbert? Is um, on a trajectory to be better than Philip Rivers was, and I feel like the answer is no. Um, but yeah, he's he's setting the league on fire. Uh, through got his stats here. So through ten games, he started all ten. He's he's only two and eight, which uh, is just not fair. Um but he's thrown for just over 3000 yards in 10 games as a rookie. Uh, 23 touchdowns, only 7 interceptions. Um yeah, he's he's averaging now over 300 yards per game, which so it's 301.5 yards per game. If if you um re- put that on a, a a 16 game uh rate uh, you're talking, I mean, close to 5,000 yards. It'd be over 4,800, which uh, not a whole lot of guys throw for. And he's doing it as a rookie. And he's also not turning the ball over. Like I said, only seven interceptions. He's on pace for like 10. I mean, half the more than half the league is going to throw more than 10 interceptions uh, for sure. There are only going to be uh, a handful, if not maybe yeah, basically a handful of guys that are going to throw single-digit interceptions while starting the entire season. Uh, he's he's doing stuff that rookies aren't supposed to be able to do. Um, but, and alongside him is uh, Keenan Allen, who's been really good for a long time, and I don't think people have given him the credit that he deserves. Um really, really good player. Um he's I mean he's been one of the top wide receivers in the league this year, for sure. Uh he's already at 875 uh receiving yards on 85 catches. He's gonna go way over a hundred catches. He'll probably be more like 130 uh, that's really the pace he's on, and around uh thirteen even fourteen hundred receiving yards um yeah, he's been really good um their running game has been not awesome uh it's been i take that back it's actually been pretty good decent, but they haven't like, they've suffered a lot of injuries uh it's been a whole Huge rotation of guys uh, with different guys having different results. Uh, let's put it that way. However, their top running back, Austin Eckler, who's also a uh, really strong um, value add for them as a receiver, just came back off injured reserve uh, this Past Sunday. That was his first game back. And I'm going to pull up his stats just to get a feel for what he did. So he wasn't particularly effective on the ground, only had 44 yards on 14 carries. It's just over three yards a carry. That's not where you want to be. But he also had 11 catches for 85 yards. That's where the Patriots could have some trouble with him. Um,. So, yeah, depending, I guess, on who's able to play, you might not see a ton of success from them running the ball. Uh, I mean, I've said the Patriots' run defense isn't so hot, but it actually, lately, has been. So, yeah, that, that might not be something they want to try to do, um, but I don't know. Um But if they're they're going heavy with Eckler, then they probably won't run the ball a whole lot. Plus, obviously, you have Keenan Allen, who I've talked up as one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. So there's really not a reason to run the ball. Uh, But at least not a lot. Um, So it's pretty much where they stack up. The defense, um, obviously, with how good their offense has been, uh, something's got to be doing them in and in large part it's the defense so that's uh, the, the the patriots could uh, probably move the ball decently against the chargers but i don't want to get uh, too into that right now um yeah i just won't um, the only thing I'll, I'll i'll point out right now that's uh, Joey Bosa, one of their edge rushers is really good and just had one of those elite edge rusher games this past week. So it could potentially in addition to him just being really good, you could also be catching him at the wrong time. Now, the Patriots as far as I can remember uh don't haven't really struggled in the past against Bosa. But, again, if he's hot right now, certainly something to look out for. Um, Yeah, but I won't get into the defense too much otherwise. Uh, Just going to give you the the quick heads up that the Chargers offense is quite explosive. So uh, don't – got to be on your A game. And that's really how it's been for the Patriots for this last good month now. Just played the Cardinals before that, the Texans before that, the Ravens who in theory should have a really explosive um, offense, particularly running game. Uh, But, so yeah, I mean, we'll see. Uh, I'll give you all a more in-depth preview of the Chargers later in the week should come out Saturday morning and obviously there will be a written article in addition to a podcast episode with that. Uh, but that's really going to wrap up all I have in this podcast episode. Of course, as I mentioned with the uh, next podcast episode, this one will also have an article that goes with it. I will embed this podcast episode into that article And the article will be linked to in the episode notes and description. Uh, If you're looking to keep up with my blog, it's smnewman48.wixsite.com slash sportswithsteven. It's where you can find all of my Patriots content, past, present, and future Um, If you are looking to keep up with this podcast, uh, because either you like this episode, past episodes, uh, like what I generally say here, and really just like listening to me talk, you can subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to them. Whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, it's out everywhere. Uh, Feel free to go subscribe to it. I'd also greatly appreciate if you could uh, rate or review the podcast, Uh, leave any feedback you have there, and ideally a five-star rating because those are great for young podcasters like me and really any podcaster. Uh, If you want to follow me directly, which you honestly should, because a lot of the things that I want to say, I don't have time for in this podcast and don't uh, don't really want to wait on and put in an article either. So it ends up just on Twitter, but you can follow me there on Twitter at Newman Patscast. That's N-E-W-M-A-N-P-A-T-S-C-A-S-T. That, though, will wrap up this podcast episode. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope to have you all back in the future.